the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Welcome. This is a day of history making for all the wrong reasons across Mm -hmm. the United States. I'm sure you've heard by now about the violence that's happening in our nation's capital. It is absolutely tragic and terrible, absolutely worthy of the strongest condemnation and indeed heartbreaking in many ways. Of course, we'll talk about this as the show goes on. We've got a regular show as well. But, Kath, as you see the scenes unfold, it's hard to reconcile the violence of this particular day, is it not? I also think that we each one of us has to be aware of how easy it is to excuse violence um, on our own side and condemn it in the other side. But I think a mature perspective of people that deserve a democratic republic is to recognize that violence has no part in any side. I'm into that. Now, it doesn't make a difference if you're Democrat or Republican. I would say first and foremost, if you're listening to our show, you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And by that very nature, cut from that cloth, you are a person of peace who desires nothing more than people to work and live live peacefully in this world. So today we gather together. We do pray for peace, for calm heads to prevail, and that order will be restored. What's happening politically is different than what's happening in heaven, although it is to the same end of peace for mankind and the best for the world. Yeah, for each one of you, you know, if you're entering into the beginning if you're of the show with us, perhaps if you're uh, watching us online on Facebook, and if you didn't know you could do that, you can. You can watch the show on Facebook Live. Go to the Ride Home with John and Kathy page. Uh, watch the show if you're listening to us on terrestrial radio or if you're listening to us online. Um, all I can say is that regardless of your party, regardless of your political affiliation, uh, we are believers in Jesus first. And so our allegiance is to him. Uh, Number one, party ideology comes second. And um, hopefully as the show unfolds today, we can talk and act as people who know who Jesus is. I think of this from Psalm 20, some trust in chariots, some in horses, Mm -hmm. but we will remember the name of our Lord, our God, Jesus is still King. I'm into that. (laughs) Kath, as we always do, kick off the show, please present us now with the top four at four. Okie doke. Well, people, Mike, John, for Wednesday, January 6th, number one, protesters breached the U.S. Capitol this afternoon, forcing members of both the House and Senate to take shelter and interrupting a joint session of Congress to count the 2020 electoral votes. 
After two months of efforts to persuade the courts and state officials to reverse his loss, the president accused his vice president of, quote, not having the courage to do what should have been done after Mike Pence rejected calls to overturn the election results. U.S. Capitol Police put the Capitol into lockdown as protesters forced their way into Congress and police said there was, quote, a security threat inside the building. The story obviously still unfolding. We'll continue to give you updates throughout today's program. Number two. Looks like Democrat Raphael Warnock has defeated incumbent Republican Kelly Loeffler in Georgia's Senate runoff. The other race between John Ossoff and David Perdue remained too close to call. The Senate runoff elections in Georgia were the last act in a high-profile drama that left hanging the question of which party will control the U.S. Senate, as well as what exactly President-elect Joe Biden's legislative agenda will turn out to be. Number three. Another in a series of improvements to the highway connection between the Alley Kiski Valley and Pittsburgh's north side begins this week around, where else, Route 28. <laughs> and it's interchange with the Highland Park Bridge, according to today's PG. Crews will begin making lane changes today for the two-and-a-half-year, $47.3 million project, which is designed to what? To what? To improve traffic flow. Mm -hmm. In this instance, they will be looking to add another through lane on the highway in each direction and eliminate some of what they call the hair-raising merges for traffic getting on or off the bridge. And number four, good news. The Steelers and the Kraft Heinz Company announced a one-year extension today for the naming rights of what we call Heinz Field. The original 20-year agreement was about to expire at the conclusion of this football season, so not a moment too soon, they have agreed. No financial terms were released about the sponsorship. We can still call it Heinz Field, and that, my friends, is your top four. Very nice. We'll continue on with the rest of our show, but as Cass said, we'll continue to talk about as well the events that are unfolding. In just a few minutes, we'll take a break, but uh, as you come back, a good job and hard work. Is that what it's all about to have a happy life? We'll talk next about the laziness myth. That's straight ahead. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We're Word FM. WORD. You really love your children, but you may not be showing them love in meaningful ways. Next time on Focus on the Family, Matt and Lisa Jacobson encourage you to listen more, offer lots of encouragement, and give your children more hugs. It's a positive parenting program next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. My dad and I's faith-focused mortgage team has been telling our story to the best Christian radio audiences across the country for a while now. We've gotten to take care of thousands of families, and these are some messages some of those families were nice enough to leave with their radio station. I thought, you know what, I'm going to give Ryan a call just to see if it makes sense. Interest rates had fallen so drastically that we were able to save hundreds of additional dollars off of our mortgage. So it's been such a blessing to our family in this time of when the pandemic has hit us hard. And it just was a reminder that God can work in little ways, even like a refi. (laughs) They make it so simple and easy. It's just always such a joy to talk to them. You can tell that they just love what they do and that they're just excited. They have the same values as us. We knew we could trust them. It was just a great experience all around. We 
our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit, like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART. For up to 25% off at lifelock.com. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. Happy to have Dr. Christine Jeske back on today's program, professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College, the author of three books, including the latest, which is The Laziness Myth. Christine, welcome back. Thanks. It's good to talk with you again. Yes, Christine. It's our pleasure. So, Christine, from an early age, a lot of us are taught from our parents that if we work really hard in a good job, well, then that will equate happiness for the rest of our life. Now, in the lazy myth, laziness myth, you're saying, hold on, that may not necessarily equate happiness. Yeah? Right. So the book uh, is about looking at the ways that we imagine the good life and what the good life means to us. And I look at these different narratives that we use for understanding what the good life means. And as Christians, I think sometimes we assume like, oh, we all agree on this, right? We all just agree that the good life means following Jesus. And it's as simple as that. But if we really kind of dig into the things that we believe about what makes life good, a lot of us, especially in the West, have been trained from birth to think that the good life really has to do with working hard, being a good student when you're a kid, and then being a good student in college or something, and then getting a good job. And as an adult, so much of what we think of as a good life comes down to having the right job and being successful monetarily. And we all know that this is really kind of a sham in various ways. You can be a really disappointed and unhappy person in, quote, a good job. You can be overworked. You can be busy and exhausted. Um, but also not having the ideal job shouldn't be make or break to our happiness. Uh, and lots of research has shown that it isn't make or break to our happiness. And so when we go on sort of believing this. Oh, mm-hmm. we lost Christine. Christine, you gone? Okay. Christine, you there? Mm-hmm. Well, she's a, she's ostensibly there, but and yet we can't hear her. Right. All right, Mike will effort to get Christine back. I don't know, John. What do you think? Did you grow up thinking that your your worth was going to be in your job, or you know your um, you were going to kind of prove your metal? 
by what job you had? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think as a kid, yeah, you too. know, you, you know, looked up to those people who had the the good job with the prestige that came with it, you know, the sure. big house, the fancy car and all that. And you think those people, whatever goes on inside that house, I ensure you that's, that they've got to be very happy people. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you'd get to know those families a little bit better and you think, well, wait a second, um, maybe that's not really the key. Those people are just like, you know, the, the other people down the block. Right. Christine's back uh, with us. Yeah, Christine's back with us. Christine, I remember being a little kid, and this probably has to do with the era, you know, in which I grew up. You know, I was growing up in the, you know, kind of late 70s. And um, thinking about the houses that were on the street where I lived with my parents, I kind of knew what all the men did for a living. I think probably because my mom told me. Yeah. She was like, oh, he works for the chemical company and he works for the paper company and he's a plumber and that sort of thing. That's kind of, I don't know, maybe that was like the first question that they asked each other at their, you know, adult dinner parties. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to actually get out of that mindset of defining ourselves and each other by our work. and there's some ways you can get out of that mindset by just training yourself to ask people when you're introduced at a party or something like that, uh, instead of what you do. Uh, and the college student equivalent that I hear all the time is what's your major. Uh, but instead mm, of right. asking that kind of question, asking what fills your time or what gives you joy or uh, what's your story? I love to ask that question. Okay. What's, what's your, your story? story? Well, that sounds a little better. I can't imagine like being at a, John and I have to go to a lot of parties together or we used to Christine before there was a pandemic. You remember <laughs> those times, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just said that. I thought that as I said, have go to a party. When do we do that? Anymore, right. Right. <laughs> right. Anyways. You know, I think your point is, Kath, if I said to somebody, Hey, what's your story? Somebody might punch me in the head. Well, all I know, Christine, is that John and I have to go to a lot of parties together. And I can't imagine, well, I can imagine like, what's your story a little more than I can imagine. Like, what do you love? I mean, like, how do you ask that out of the gate to somebody that you don't know? But, but it is a good point. So there's got to be a way, you know, to the heart of that matter, though, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think that, that sometimes you have to be willing to sort of laugh as you say it and realize that it's yeah. going to catch you <laughs> right. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. But I use it, you know, and it really leads to very interesting conversations a lot of times because people are caught up guard. And, you know, they'll say things that they, they didn't, that aren't their sort of canned response in, in a situation. And, and they start to say, well, you know, I, you, you know, they might tell you about their upbringing or you never right. know what you're going to hear. Okay. But, you know, Christine, whenever, whenever yeah. you know, I, I, I talk to you and we talk about this latest release, the laziness myth, I think, well, no, wait a second. Um, uh, there's a lot to be said about working hard. And I think, you know, if you right. work hard for the most part of people, I, I, I'm just going to speak from my own experience. The more, the harder I work in some ways, the more joy that I found, especially if you love what you do, there is joy to be right. had. So if I'm lazy, then I'm not sure I'm going to find a lot of happiness there. Yes. So it's not about uh, saying that hard work in itself is a problem. And you're right that if you have a good job, working hard at that job is joy giving. And, um, you know, theologically speaking, I believe that work is something that we are gifted in a way because we think about our, our maker who we are made in the image of and God works. 
Um, and not just sort of to get it done and through drudgery, but really like there is, I think there's joy in the, the work of our creator. And we see that like in the Genesis story, when God makes something, he looks at it and it's good. And we, as people get to share in that, which is really an amazing thing is, you know, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes that said, it is a good thing to be able to look at what you have done and, and enjoy the work that you've done. Um, so that is absolutely true. And, you know, I spend a lot of hours at work too. And thankfully I mostly enjoy my job. None of us does all of the time. Sure. But this is about the fact that like in this world, there is also a lot of work that is drudgery. And how do we sort of take that seriously right. and not pretend that just by sort of like pushing your nose to the grindstone, you're going to somehow find your fulfillment in whatever job you have to do right. <laughs> to survive and pay the bills. Right. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. I'm sure, you know, Kath and I do this thing occasionally where we pull out, you know, our old resume and, you know, we sort of talk about all the different jobs we've had. Now, I forget what the exact number is, but it, I think I've, I've earned a paycheck somewhere in the ballpark of like 37 or 38 jobs. And of course, many of those jobs, yeah. I despise them. I just was like, this is ho- a horrible thing that I'm doing right now, but I, I need to do this. And it's sort of, you know, it's just that winding journey. So maybe, you know, when you reach your, you know, your forties or your fifties, you're going to go, that wasn't pleasant for me to, you know, work in, on the, you know, uh, measuring pipe at 6am underneath the factory floor, but it gave me the, you know, the wherewithal to be where I am today. So I, I guess maybe that's that, you know, the sum of all parts adds up to the joy. Yeah. And so part of what the book is getting at is if you think about one of those really awful jobs, like when I was uh, a college student, I had this summer job working for a mail order um, school supply company. And my job was to to sit with people and we get these uh, mail order like letters before the age of online orders. And we had to just circle things with a red pen and then hand them to the next person who typed them into a computer (laughs) on these old 1990s computers. And that's all I did was just circle things in pen. Like the person after me could just as easily have read it. (laughs) But I remember those days and and you think about, so what do you do in that kind of a job? And any rational human being starts to do the same kinds of things, which are sort of like, you know, chit chat and, slow down and complain about the job and kind of work as slowly as you can. And you're not like smiling and cheerful and like, yeah, let's see how many we can get done today. You know, you kind of lose any energy for your job. And part of what I'm looking at in this book is that for people who, for, you know, if you, if you've done that job for five years, are you going to be really excited about your job? Probably not. But now imagine having kind of no opportunity to have a better job and then imagine that's been the case for generations in your family, that your parents have had jobs like that, and your grandparents. Um, and, and it creates this different kind of relationship with work than what we kind of assume work should be. And, and so what happens then is this stereotype of low-wage workers and populations who are often in low-wage work that assumes, oh, it's, it's just that there's something wrong with them, that they're lazy and they're not just smiling at work and trying harder. Right, right. Um, and that understanding can, the, the bad work itself can replicate that. So you have to kind of break that cycle if you want to really improve the lives of, especially people who are in poverty and generational poverty. Christine Jeske is with us. Dr. Jeske is professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College. We're talking about her latest book called The Laziness Myth. Okay, so um, 
So there's got to be a fine line, Christine, right? Then, then being, um, then perhaps where we are now, or where a lot of people in America are now. I don't want to generalize and say everybody's in this place where they feel defined, where they're getting their worth from their job. But a lot of Americans, I think, a lot of people in the Western world are that way. Probably a lot of people in the Eastern world are that way. Right. Um, yeah. So, so that that has its problems. <laughs> On the other side. Um, you know, having uh, having an approach to work, which is lackadaisical, which is I don't care, which is, you know, the I hate the man and he's the only one who's going to make the money. And, you know, um, I, I'm just going to work until I die and I'm going to, you know, drink on Friday. I mean, there, so there has to be <laughs> there has to be something that's not those two extremes. Please tell me. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So some of the biggest recommendations that come out of this book are about creating workplaces that people can flourish in. And not just for people who have had multiple college degrees and kind of earned their right to enjoy their work, which we all know is not necessarily the case either. You can can have a really high paying job that is hard too. But no matter the level, like how do we create workplaces where people can thrive and people can be you know, working in the image of our creator in ways that bring joy to ourselves and make the world a better place. Um, And and there's fairly simple things that managers often can do in this direction of gratitude going a really long way um, in just being thankful for people. Also, um, mentoring people and giving realistic opportunities for promotion and growth and change and newness throughout a person's career can be important. Um, rather than sort of just assuming a person belongs in the same low-wage job for uh, for years on end. Um, so I mean, a know, lot of it comes down to, yeah, creating those no, workplaces. To create those workplaces. That's Okay, so what about then, you know, uh, with the rise of the, the tech bubbles, right? Everyone was like, oh, well, look, yeah. uh, Google, they've got, you know, an unlimited snack bar. And, you know, it's an open concept working space. And, you know, and now, of course, with the pandemic, I, I don't know what the figure is exactly, but, you know, 40% of people are working from home. And, you know, there's, there's work being done there. And uh, I, I don't know. I guess maybe, Christina, I would think about it in some ways of, you know, you know, you know, that question as a kid that you always dreaded, you know, from adults of, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Maybe we start to talk about work in different ways, you know, when we're really young, so that as we grow older and start to form our work, our work lives and our work ethic, then maybe that's where the change comes from. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that um, as a parent, I know for me, I want to have my kids see the options of different jobs that are out there, but I yeah. also want them to think really clearly about the kind of person that they want to be, the kind of values that they want to have and the kind of character um, and essentially who they worship through their actions. And I, I hope that they will know their value no matter what kind of job they end up in. I mean, I think about my own experience in having a couple of years where I was staying at home taking care of my kids and what a like what an awareness I suddenly had of how the world uh, values you for your work you know how often you hear that question what do you do and you say well I stay home with my kids and like oh that's nice you know um Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, in, in some settings, it's like, that's great. But um, sometimes it, it almost feel it feels like um, that, you know, it, it's nice for you. But of course, as soon as you can, you'll want to be working to prove that you can work right. again. And, and oh, the real work's being done elsewhere, isn't it? Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had a terrible, um, Christine, I I had a, we, this is really a conversation for a whole other segment, but I had a terrible time with that when I was home with my kids. I went yeah. from being, you know, I, I had, you know, my kids when I was 30 And um, so I'd had, you know, eight years of being a career woman and, you know, going back to school and all those sorts of things. And I I stayed home with my kids and felt like I lost all my worth. I lost my sense of self. I also lost half of our income. I mean, it was a dark time, Christine. Yeah, it is. I agree. It was very, very hard for me emotionally, too, in that year. And I I was sort of determined not to let it bother me. And then I I couldn't not let it bother me because you're just reminded by these little things. Like, uh, I remember even the thing of like walking up to people and then greeting my child by name and not me. <laughs> like, you just feel like this invisible force behind oh, your yeah. children um, okay, and, so, and your husband I mean, who's so out I'll... doing the real work. I mean, Christine, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll see your stay-at-home mom and raise you, you know, the, the army of retirees, right? I mean, because how yeah, many yeah. people do we know who kind of go, point. I retired and then, you know, yeah. I mean, I remember being, you know, in our neighbor, I always think about this, you know, he worked in the mill all of his life and I was his paper boy and he would say to me, John, I've got three years, you know, I was like 12 years old, John, I've got, you know, six months and his name was Mr. Armstrong and, and this is a, a really crazy thing because Mr. Armstrong retired and within a matter of a few months, he died. And, you know, as a, as a kid, I thought, what the heck was that all about? Mr. Armstrong, I was counting down in celebration. And then all of a sudden he became kind of unmoored and lost his bearings and his identity. And he quickly passed away. So yeah, that's a danger as well. Yeah. There's, um, I was just listening to an interview with Kathleen Cahallon. I think it's how she pronounces her name, a Christian writer who writes about vocation throughout your lifetime. And she points out that uh, there's all this writing for Christians for vocational discernment in the time of life when you're like 20 and you're getting Mm -hmm. your job out of college or or high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, But very little was written until she and some other authors started writing about this, about retirement. And there's all these people realizing we desperately need Christian thought on how to approach these years because, Mm. you know, it used to be that uh, I guess the retirement age was kind of arbitrarily set, but, you know, 65-ish was kind of the life expectancy when retirement age was set nationally in the United States. And, um, you know, you didn't live that long after that. And now you might have another 20 years of being really physically able to contribute a lot to your community. And so, so um, right. Yeah, viewing people as as still very much having a calling in that part of your life too right. is important. Well, Christine, well, Christine you, we're, yeah, we're excited to talk with you more about this. Um, yeah, the, the idea of vocation here. and work is something that John and I are really into, and so um, we're excited that this is your latest project. So we get so excited we cut you off and each other off. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk more next month. I think. Very good. Looking forward to it. More cutting off for Dr. Christine Jeske, professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College. Her brand new book is called The Laziness Myth. And we'll be back with the latest from Capitol Hill. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's dairy farm tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. 
Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance, even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're term provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or or visit termprovider.com, termprovider.com. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack Run. This is one tricky obstacle course. Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a Midnight Snack Run. Stand up the cancer and rally want you to reduce your risk for cancer go to take a healthy today's forecast calls for clear skies slight winds coming out of the northeast and customized car insurance from liberty mutual so you only pay for what you need liberty 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 101.5 wordfm pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart, TuneIn and at Radio.com Tonight we'll see a flurry around in the evening otherwise expect plenty of clouds we'll reach a low tonight of 29 tomorrow clouds will break for some sunshine expect a high tomorrow of 34 Tomorrow night, we'll see mostly cloudy skies. The low tomorrow night, 25. Friday, times of clouds and sunshine. Friday will reach a high of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Well, Congress was locked down and lawmakers evacuated today in unprecedented and shocking scenes after protesters stormed Capitol Hill as lawmakers met to certify the Electoral College votes. If you've seen these scenes, um, there is a violence on Capitol Hill. Something There's been else. gunshots. There's been tear gas inside the rotunda. The president has spoken in a taped uh, interview, uh, taped remarks just a little bit ago. Uh, Joe Biden has also come on national television and spoken. Uh, there's a curfew in a place. Uh, it starts at 6 o'clock this evening. Subway's being shut down in the metro D.C. area. 
this is an ongoing story. And uh, no matter what your political persuasion, it's deeply disturbing and very upsetting to see this take place today, uh, which is a, a very historic day in the nation's capital and across the country. Uh, I'm reading here from NBC News. Um, It looks like uh, they say that members of both parties cheered when House Republican Conference Chairwoman Liz Cheney and House Democratic Chairman Hakeem Jeffries announced that the National Guard was on its way. Uh, We will return to the floor and do our job, they said. So, okay, that's good news. Um, At least one IED was found on the Capitol grounds, several law enforcement officials told NBC News. Um, The explosive device was found outside a building, officials said. Now, the fact that we're discussing this at the U.S. Capitol is of major concern. Um, And it just, you know, it makes you wonder, John, if all of the... um, all the verbiage that has been exchanged between persons and between parties over the last year. I mean, does, is that what ends us in a place like this? It's a boiling point is what it is, right? That people feel disenfranchised, uh, not listened to. And of course, uh, the vitriol is at an all-time fervor here, especially on this day as people meet to certify the vote. To be honest, I'm surprised that, um, as you've just read, that the the, uh, certification will take place. I thought that they would evacuate the building, uh, but apparently it has to be done today. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, it does have to be done. I'm not sure exactly where we are with that. I don't. You know, we're we're following along um, with the with as many of the news blogs as we possibly can to kind of see what the latest is while we try to maintain a radio program here uh, for all of you. So um, so I, I think we have good news that Trump has addressed capital violence in a taped video. Uh, we've heard from President-elect Joe Biden. Um, so clearly people who are in authoritative positions are at least now saying with their words that this is not something that they support. Um, I, I think we all need to, I don't know, maybe it's time to do a gut check and say, okay, are we going to really be against all violence or just violence on the other side? Um, we need to be able to call out violence on our own side if we see it. And um, that's just been a challenge for Americans all over the last 12 months. It's a sad day. And it's a disgrace. And as believers in Jesus Christ, of course, we are called to a a higher power. We are called to a higher source. So no matter what your political persuasion today, it's our hope. And of course, we've been doing this as we see the news stories. We're in constant prayer. We're praying for peace for this country. There is a transition here that happens, that people in their inflammatory uh, mode, that people would surrender. Surrender to the Lord of the universe and ask for peace first in their own hearts that would go out into their own communities, of course, across the country and the world. It does, you know, this is a, just a bad, bad place that we are in right now. We need peace to reign first and foremost to for, at least put aside the politics of the moment today to calm down and right. have a deeper view of the eternal perspective. But you know what, Jesus John, the, you know what, but that's never going to happen if we keep on acting in our daily lives like politics is the most important thing. If we really keep saying with our, you know, with all the time we watch cable news or we look at what's online or we read Twitter or whatever it is, if we continually put stuff into our mind that tells us, that tells us what it is that's important, that politics is number one, then when we get to a situation like this and one of our side loses, 
then all of a sudden we become people who can't think clearly. But the reason we can't think clearly is because of all that we've been feeding ourselves, all that we've allowed ourselves to ingest over what the last one year, five years, 10 years, depending on how you want to look at it. Well, you got to serve somebody. You got to serve somebody. All right, let's take a break. We come back. Dr. Tremper Longman is with us. He'll speak from the book of Ecclesiastes. Life is difficult, and then you die. Good <laughs> well, news that's ahead. Like pick me up for today. It's the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. One hundred one point five W O R D. Dr. McGee often referred to Revelation as the Great Union Station, where all the trunk lines of prophecy come in from other places in Scripture. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to join me on Through the Bible as we dig into the amazing book of Revelation and are reminded that God's intention and purpose is for the Lamb to reign on earth. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Election fraud, radical abortion rights, open borders, riots in our streets, and regime changes in other nations. Meet George Soros, an atheist and one of the most dangerously influential people in America, pouring millions of dollars into the leftist agenda, instigating society's demoralization to control a free people and destroy the foundations of Christianity and our constitutional order. Watch the new film, Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com. See the movie that George Soros and the far left don't want you to see. Learn the truth and prepare to be shocked. Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com for just $9.99 or buy the DVD for just $12.99. Go to SalemNow.com. Get 20% off with promo code Pittsburgh. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. Where can you find a mattress store that truly puts your needs first? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our team is here with a no-pressure approach to help you find the right mattress to meet your unique needs. Whether it's back support, comfort, or long-term durability you're seeking, nobody knows more about what makes a great mattress great. We want to make sure you're prepared to make the best choice for you, whether you buy from us or not. Stop by your local OMF store to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's MatchingDonors.com. MatchingDonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you are someone in need of an organ transplant, visit MatchingDonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. Visit MatchingDonors.com or call 601 601- 
Hey, thanks for being with us today. This uh, odd and historic day, a heartbreak of a day. We continue on with our programming. Of course, we'll talk about the events that are happening in the nation's capital as the show rolls on. From the book of Ecclesiastes, life is difficult and then you die. That is a very dark message. Dr. Tremper <laughs> Longman is with us. Tremper, welcome. Yeah. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm well, though. You know, I live in Alexandria, Virginia, and oh, it is no. a dark day. <laughs> so, uh it's a yeah, dark. So it's a yeah. It's it's a dark day for all of us, Tremper. No matter where you live. Yeah. I right. mean, this is exactly. Uh, I said this is this is one of the things I believe that happens when people convince themselves that politics is the most important thing in the world. And that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. 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 My my daughter in law had to rush down and get my granddaughters out of uh, school. You know, because of the turmoil down there. They live in D.C. But. I guess we're not going to talk about this, except that it just illustrates the fact that, as you were saying, uh, the message of Ecclesiastes is any idol will let us down. And it does that by telling us, it tells us um, that, uh, you know, life is really difficult and then you die. If you try to find, uh, if you try to find the meaning of life in things like politics or or work or pleasure or money or anything other than than god that's yes. uh it's just such a resonant message for any day or age but particularly for ours right but Jemper, what about that i mean you know even in jesus days of course politics intruded on people's lives ruled people's lives so um the two are always deeply intertwined that's why i think so many people get caught up in it and it's hard to extract ourselves or it's easy to be hypnotized by politics because it feels in some ways that that's something that we at least can uh, speak of or maybe you know in our voting control to some degree um a life in christ yeah. is certainly yeah. a, a lot deeper a lot harder in many ways Oh, amen to that. And I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be concerned or interested or activist in politics. After all, I did write a book this year called The Bible and the Ballot. You sure did. Scripture and political decisions. So uh, so I'm not advocating that, uh, I, that, that we're disinterested in it. But I, but I do think uh, the New Testament in particular makes the point that it really doesn't matter who's in charge. The gospel is going to go forward. And if we get mm-hmm. all worried about uh, who's politically in charge or whether our particular political uh, agenda is being forwarded right. uh, and we grow close to political power, we run the risk of compromising our um, our integrity and our witness. And uh, yeah. But it doesn't mean that we don't try to persuade people, particularly in the kind of democratic society that we're in, as opposed to, say, the more authoritarian one that was at the time of Jesus's life. But that's the case, isn't it, Tremper? Like you said, you know, idols always disappoint, no matter what they are. So if you focus on politics exclusively and you make that the number one thing in your life, you're going to have an end result. Um, If you focus on work, 
at uh, we were talking to Christine Jeske of uh, Wheaton College earlier in the program today, and her latest work is about that. What happens when you focus on work to the exclusion of everything else and you get your identity from that? Well, then there is a result of that. Um, yeah. If you treat yeah. if you treat the the world like you don't care whether if you don't vote or you don't take care of the environment or you don't care about the people who clean up your garbage or whatever that that's going to result in something. So I, yeah. I guess you know it, it's all a matter of growing in wisdom so that we can learn how to live well, which is exactly what the book you're talking about references. <laughs> yeah, Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom, um, and. And, you know, um, uh, to, you know, year, a number of years ago, I wrote a bucket still out there called Breaking the Idols of Your Heart, How to Navigate the Temptations of Life with the psychologist mm-hmm. Dan Allender. And uh, we addressed this particular issue that there, if you try to make something like work an idol, it will let you down. But that doesn't mean that work is bad or that money is bad or that pleasure is bad. Inherently, or the wisdom is bad because that's also one of the areas where the teacher tries to find the meaning of life, but he gets let down by that. Uh, but it's that you, the message of the book of Ecclesiastes, as it's encapsulated in the final two verses, is fear God and obey the commandments and live in the light of the future judgment. And if you do that, if you put God first, then all those other things find their rightful place. So, um, so. So, as a, you know, there was a way of interpreting Ecclesiastes uh, that was epitomized by a theologian who lived around 400 A.D. called Jerome, and he adopted what's called the contemptus mundi approach, the contempt of the world, that is, give up money, give up pleasure, give up all that kind of stuff, and seek God. But I'm, I don't think that honors God's good creation. Mm-hmm. Kemper Longman is with us. His latest work is called The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. But, you know, Kemper, everyone on this earth in some ways has their role or finds their role. You know, I, I think about, you know, those men and women who are contemplatives, right, who live disconnected yeah. from the busyness of the world. And I know that, you know, they're praying for us. They're praying for the world. And that's a very mm. important role. So, I mean, everybody oh, has yeah. their job to do. I mean, those politicians, they're doing their thing. The contemplatives, here we are today on talk radio. I mean, right? I mean, the point is yeah, everyone's doing their thing together, and that's what creates the world. Yeah, I think Paul said something about the different parts of the body, right? And uh, yeah. and, and some people, uh, you know, I do think God calls some people to withdraw from sort of mm-hmm. what we might consider to be worldly things. To to uh, and in a sense, as a theologian and biblical scholar and author, I'm a little bit like that, trying to stay in touch with real life. Yes. I spend most of my time in my office writing. Yeah, about that kind of thing. Uh, but I can make that an idol too. <laughs> Just and you can make that kind of contemplation an idol as well, you know. And and so um, so again, I think um, ministry can be an idol for sure. Right. I mean, okay. So Tremper, then can yeah. you speak to that. Then I'm sorry. So speak to that. So if you in some way define yourself or identify yourself as a contemplative, of course, not in the truest sense of the word, but you know, there you are in academia. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you're a, a, an Old Testament scholar. You're a very good and godly man who you know is speaking, writing, thinking, praying about the ways of God. 
that's that takes up the entirety or most of your day. And then you step out into the world and you look at the front page of, you know, the New York Times or whatever it is that you're looking at. There's a, that has to be jarring to you in some ways. Well, it, it's it, it's not really because I ever since uh, I was a young scholar, and matter of fact, I can pinpoint it in a uh, Dan Allender, the psychologist, has been a longtime friend. We were best friends. Sure, in we, sure, we, we we know Dan Tremper. Yeah, 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 that's right. You know Dan. So, in any case. Um, uh, I became a Christian first, and we were roommates, and he tells a story uh, about uh, how he became a Christian. But my point is that Dan went off into counseling and psychology, and I went off to Yale to do a PhD in ancient Near Eastern studies. And I could have ended up just totally in the ivory tower, but uh, Dan and I had this wonderful moment when uh, I went to a seminar I was doing with Dan, with Larry Crabb, and uh, and we basically looked at each other, and sa- I said, I want to be a biblical scholar who's in touch with life, and he said, I want to be a psychologist who's in touch with the Bible, and that's what mm. really generated our professional relationship, and it goes back to this conversation in 1984 in Houston, Texas. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a, it's a precious memory that really has affected me and our relationship uh, through the decades. Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, you know, John and I have talked multiple times about trying to find a way to do a segment, a long segment, like a whole hour of programming that includes both of you so that you could kind of talk about how your relationship, your friendship developed when you were kids and how you've both kind of played off of each other as far as your professional work. And, you know, that's kind of something we still want to do. It's a little harder in the COVID era. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Considering yeah. John's in his it. spare room and I'm in my spare room, it's a little hard to figure Yeah, exactly. Well, but we but we both really we appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate that about both of you, um, and the ways that you have approached your work and seen that the that your specialty is not the totality of the wisdom that there is to gain in the world, right? And that's another thing that we can learn from each other. Yeah, and Tremper at the same time. So when you look at the events of today. Yeah. Give us something that as we look at this day, and Mm -hmm. as you, an Old Testament scholar. Where can we sit with this and make sense of this, or at least find a measure of wisdom and peace? Uh, that's a that's a that's a hard one. But I'd start where we began, which is first of all, examine. Let's all examine our own hearts in terms of mm. what is driving our emotions, uh, and and are our desires, and uh, and ask ourselves honestly. And I have to ask myself honestly too whether they're idolatrous tendencies. Uh, We all have them. And if they are, then we need to repent of it. But I also think, you know, um, I've been just chagrined um, with how we deal with the element of the importance of evidence for determining truth, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and whether we're just creating you know, scenarios that meet our desires rather than conform to reality. And of course, I'm talking about the propensity of all of us to buy into some kind of sure. conspiracy we believe what we theories. Yeah, we believe what we want to believe. And we need to become more self-critical and more honest with ourselves and with our world and with each other. 
That's Dr. Tremper yeah. Longman. Tremper, we always love our time with you. Thank you again today. Thank Happy you, New Year. Happy New Year, Kathy and John. Thank you very much. Thank you. My yeah, pleasure. that's Dr. Tremper Longman, Distinguished Scholar and Professor Emeritus Biblical Studies at Westmont College, Santa Barbara, California. The latest book, The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture in Political Decisions. Coming up next, the latest from Washington. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. It's long. Over a 1,000 chapters. Over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLS consumer assets number 3030. Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. Help at Home, formerly XL Home Care, can provide a warm, family-like environment with a Help at Home caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call Help at Home, 412-212-8950, 412 412- Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year. With no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Whatever you're doing right now, whatever you're doing, I'd invite you to pause and to pray, that we pray for the safety of those in the Capitol right now, for our lawmakers, for Mm -hmm. their staffs, for the Capitol Police. We pray for the the Congress. We pray for the journalists, for the protesters who are there, for everybody in and around, whatever their motivations may be. You pause and pray for peace on this land. This is a dark and historic day here in the United States, 
And of course, we humble ourselves before the Lord and pray always Mm -hmm. for peace first in our own hearts, on our own tongue, and then what goes out into the world. Yep. And as we do that, it's imperative. It's essential. It doesn't even work if we don't look inside our own hearts first and figure out where it is that we've gone wrong, where it is that we see things the wrong way, where it is that we are um, resistant to criticism, um, that we're unwilling to lose, that we um, are consistently badgering for our own way. This is the problem in American politics is that there is no understanding of the other side and no willingness to have a conversation. We have got to get beyond that. We have been given this glorious republic. And part of a republic is this wonderful exchange of ideas and a debate between sides. And somehow we have turned a a, a beautiful concept into something that that we're going to set an IED outside the Capitol for. I mean, it's just, we it, we have to, in every way, shape, or form, reject that sort of thinking. And that starts with each one of us. What's surprising about the day is, you know, even though that the, they know that there was going to be, you know, some demonstrations, and this, this group of people, and I would describe it as ragtag. I mean, this is not, you know, an organized no, you know, didn't seem like uh, that. force here. But imagine if there was an organized force that was intent upon getting into the nation's capital. I mean, clearly, you can see the weakness of the uh, right. perimeter around that and how easily it can be pushed through. Right. Yeah. And, and just to, th- uh, I don't know. It's just really, really sad. It's really sad. I don't, let's take a break. Uh, yeah, let's take a break. We're going to come back after the news and uh, we'll tell you more about the latest in Washington as we all process this together. It's the ride home with Johnny Cat. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. Capitol Police have locked down the Capitol building and evacuated multiple congressional buildings amid violent protests outside. What had been peaceful protests of the Electoral College vote turned confrontational. Some groups dressed in disguises and painted faces breached the Capitol building mid-afternoon in areas closed to construction. Photos of protesters occupying the Senate chamber and Statuary Hall have appeared online now. No one has claimed responsibility for the incursions. And one person has been shot at the Capitol. The exact circumstances surrounding the shooting were unclear. The victim has been taken to a hospital. Their condition was not known. President Trump is calling for calm. On Wall Street today, the Dow gained 437 points. The Nasdaq was down 78. The S&P 500 up 21. This is SRN News. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsarouspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. 
You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-500-5588. 800-500-5588. That's 800-500-5588. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? We're all spending a lot more time at home these days. An adjustable bed can elevate your sleep experience and make everyday activities like reading, watching TV, and working more comfortable. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know not all adjustable beds are created equal. You need one that has the features you need, along with the power and durability to provide comfort for years to come. We offer high-quality adjustable bases at an affordable factory-direct price. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location to elevate your sleep experience today. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique. But you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Tonight we'll see a flurry around in the evening. Otherwise, expect plenty of clouds. We'll reach a low tonight of 29. Tomorrow, clouds will break for some sunshine. Expect a high tomorrow of 34. Tomorrow night, we'll see mostly cloudy skies. The low tomorrow night, 25. Friday, times of clouds and sunshine. Friday will reach a high of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for The Ride Home, the 5 o'clock hour. A historic day across the United States of America, yeah. especially in the nation's capital. Protesters have stormed the capital. There has been gunfire, tear gas. People have been shot. I mean, the scene's unfolding live even as we speak. It looks like the National Guard has been pulled in. President Trump has spoken nationally. So has Joe Biden. Uh, Our response here is, of course, to examine yourself first, to see your own heart, to look at your own life, your own sinfulness, your own anger, your own fear, and then to move that forward into the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the only response you have. It's Christ first and foremost in all matters to be a person of peace. Politics, it's a dirty, dark, deep business, and it has divided this country brutally on this very sad day. Kath? 
I admit a certain sense of uncomfortability, um, even talking about this at the length we are, simply because we're not a political show. And we recognize that there are people who listen who have been longtime members of our listening family who are Republicans and Democrats. And I know that there are many of you that support the president strongly and many of you that dislike the president strongly. And so, um, you know, for many years, we have um, str- strived, striven, strove. What's the, strove? Mm-hmm. For many years, we strove. Uh, to Striven. be, you know, to we're still striving. Yes, we are. That way. Not well, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> to be an oasis for um, for people of. Um, of all denomination, for all people who believe in Jesus, a place where you can go and um, hear things that are encouraging and things that are fun and hopefully things that are thought provoking to you. And perhaps we provide a perspective that you hadn't seen before. But when it comes to politics, I got to be honest, as a broadcaster right now, it's like the worst of times of course it because is. no matter what we say, half of you are going to be furious and um, the other half are either going to be thrilled or, you know, kind of eh, whatever. And it's just, there's, there, there's no winning the battle. And that's why so our, our heart's desire is that we would all just see Jesus first, that we would recognize if we believe in Jesus, then our faith in him and the standards that he's called us to are the number one thing that we should be up about in life. And so whatever we do, whether it's politics, whether it's economics, whether it's history, whether it's science, whatever it is, has to fall under that umbrella. Because in every discipline, it only finds its real life in acknowledging creator first. And so I don't know, on a day like this, um, I we're all grieving, we're all uh, frightened of what it might mean for the future. And I think we're all really, really disappointed that this is what's happened in the United States of America. Yes. Well, in the nation's capital, there is a curfew that will take effect at six o'clock this evening, less than an hour away, and uh, will remain in effect, uh, clearing of the streets for the next 12 hours. And uh, we'll see what uh, that will uh, mean this evening. Quite honestly, I'm surprised that it looks as though at some point within the very soon uh, time frame that the lawmakers will take up this um, counting of the, of the votes and continue Good. on with their work. Good. Uh, they've just started, quite honestly. I mean, this just That's barely got underway. They have, to, they have to do it today, and they shouldn't be uh, derailed by this kind of behavior. Well, I mean, God bless those men and women inside the I nation's I know. It's got to be a scary place to be right now, you know? Mm-hmm. In other news, uh, it looks like Democrat John Ossoff, or is it Ossoff? I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name because I'm not You're a Georgian. You're asking me? Anyway, he's <laughs> he's projected to win the Georgia Senate seat over Republican David Perdue, according to the Fox News decision desk. And so with that win, uh, Democrats have taken control of the Senate. And uh, we're going to spend a lot of time. Uh, I'm sure people who are much more involved in the political process than you and I, John, are going to dissect that and figure out how in the world that happened. Um, and uh, the the Biden legislative agenda is going to have um, a lot more impetus as he takes office in uh, just a couple weeks. Yes. Well, God help us. I mean, you know, the, the heartbreak is if you're watching this, you know, we were watching before we came on the air, uh, people are down there, you know, waving Jesus saves banners, which, you know, that it's is blasphemous. It is blasphemous. Uh, violence in the name of Jesus is not Jesus. So uh, I think how we talk about this, first and foremost, to ourselves, uh, then to our spouses, to our children, of course, is everything. So uh, this evening, um, 
Uh, how do we respond to this? How do we, as a nation, move forward, but especially in our own homes? I've got two teenage boys here, two, two, two guys here in my house with me who are looking at this, and they're in dismay. I mean, if you're under, you know, 20 years old, you, of course, it's shocking to think of this because, you know, we, we, we raise up America in our home. We talk about how great the country is. And then to see this and to see the factions divided against each other, uh, it's a very very perilous time for democracy in this country to see where we may be headed. And of course, in this transition of power, what will happen in these next four years? I know a, a lot of us are unhappy with what, what's going to take place, but boy, where we are right now, uh, this is not a good model for what lies ahead for, uh, for the next four years. It certainly is not. So let's take a break. Our, our conversation will continue in just a few minutes uh, from Grove City College. Um, we're going to speak with Carl Truman about this, his take on this day. Of course, if you know Carl, you know that he's not an American citizen. So his t- take on this is very unique as well. Carl Truman from Grove City College. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Do you know that you know that you're saved? You ought not to be a doubting Christian. You ought to be a shouting Christian. You ought not to have a hope-so salvation. You ought to have a no-so salvation. Join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, Back to the Basics, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Election fraud, radical abortion rights, open borders, riots in our streets, and regime changes in other nations. Meet George Soros, an atheist and one of the most dangerously influential people in America, pouring millions of dollars into the leftist agenda, instigating society's demoralization to control a free people and destroy the foundations of Christianity and our constitutional order. Watch the new film, Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com. See the movie that George Soros and the far left don't want you to see. Learn the truth and prepare to be shocked. Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com for just $9.99 or buy the DVD for just $12.99. Go to SalemNow.com. Get 20% off with promo code Pittsburgh. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Ugh, my stomach. Don't worry, I've got you covered. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. What's that? It's Pepto-Bismol chews. Pepto-Bismol's in a chew? Yeah, they taste great and provide fast relief. And you can always have Pepto-Bismol handy. Ooh, let me try it. Try Pepto-Bismol chews for fast relief. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Use as directed, keep out of reach of children. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us. While we all feel helpless, remember there is much we can do to protect ourselves, our family and friends, all of us. 
Simply get in the habit of wearing a mask and maintain six feet of space between yourself and others in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you feel sick. It takes all of us to combat COVID-19. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. We are following along, of course, which you are as well, the goings on in today's yes. nation's capital. We've been invited to the air, Dr. Carl Truman. Dr. Truman is the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. His new book is called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Dr. Truman, welcome back. That's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right, Carl, uh, you know what's been going on in today's capital. Uh, your comments. Well, uh, I'm a historian. I, you know, without wanting to be sound too flippant, I prefer to write about history than to actually witness it. It's sure. Uh, it's, <laughs> really rather, it's rather disturbing uh, to see, though perhaps not entirely unexpected, given the the nature of the political and social culture we we live in at the moment. Right. right. I think that's uh, I think that's where we are. Perhaps we're seeing the end result of a lot of verbiage that's been tossed right to left and left to right for the last what four years. Yeah, and I think even before that, there's been the, the rhetoric. I've lived in America now for nearly 20 years, and, and I don't recognize the country today as the one that I moved to in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the political rhetoric seems to have become increasingly polarized and antagonistic on on both sides. And the the anger is clearly spilling out onto the streets at this point. One longs for I don't know, a political leadership class that were responsible adults and could behave in a way that set an example for us to follow. Yes. Well, it, it seems, Carl, as though, at least um, for now, we've moved beyond that, right? I mean, uh, it, it is unrecognizable in many ways. And the political vitriol that we've experienced here, I mean, this goes back, uh, I'm sure, decades, the seeds of this. Uh, can can you speak to that? I mean, as a historian, and especially as someone who uh, has witnessed, you know, uh, in England, which is where you're from originally, I mean, whether it's England or whether it's America, wh- whatever country, we have our own sort of a Achilles heel, and unfortunately, we're just experiencing ours at this moment. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I do think there's a. It's important to try to put things in perspective. I mean, I have heard it said the last few months, several times in my presence, all oh, the country's never been more divided. Well, the country had a civil war in the 19th century that was considerably more divided than than we are today. So I do think uh, there's a sense in which what we're witnessing now, it's very serious, but it's not as catastrophic as it has been in the past. Uh, I also think that that one of the the great things about the United States and and indeed about government in Western Europe as well is that we have long and well-established democratic institutions that can hopefully cope with this kind of kind of chaos and, and bring us through it. Again, I've seen analogies drawn with Weimar Germany and the descent into authoritarianism in Germany in the 1930s. But of course, Germany didn't have a strong democratic tradition at that point, but we do have. So 
Yes, I think from a historical perspective, it's disturbing, it's worrying, it's always awful to see uh, hallowed institutions challenged and mocked and denigrated in the way that they're being done so today. But also, I think we, we shouldn't despair at this point. We do have the mechanisms and the traditions that should carry us through this. Dr. Tremper Longman with us, Distinguished Scholar and Professor Emeritus of Biblical Studies. No, I'm not. That's not true. It's Carl Truman, Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. I wish I was Emeritus. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do. John and I wish we were Emeritus too on a day like today. (laughs) Anyway, Carl's at Grove City College. His newest book is The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Um, you know, kind of as a political observer, um, Carl, and as a citizen of the United States, one of the things that I found so distasteful about the 2016 election was the fact that after it was over, um, Hillary Clinton and those who supported her were so unwilling to just accept the fact that they lost and kind of take a step back and do some self-reflection and, you know, live to fight another day and, you know, improve yourself and your party and then, you know, pick it up again in 2020. And the sad thing is that, you know, I look at 2020 now and it looks like the Republicans have done the same thing. Yeah, we've got another four years of 40% of the people thinking the government's illegitimate. I think it's just a different 40%. And I think what you're pointing to there as well indicates that both parties, I think, have got to do some serious soul searching. Both parties have got to address the radicals who are making a mockery of the democratic process. Both parties have to deal with the problems within their own ranks. What we're seeing today is no monopoly of the right. We've seen similar things over the last few months in places like Portland, obviously on a a smaller and less significant scale in many ways. But this problem of, of lack of confidence in and opposition to the democratic process is not a monopoly of, of one party over against the other. It's a problem for both parties, and I think they have to address it and address it soon. Yes. So, Carl, you're a believer in Jesus, just like Kath and I are, and, and you see this. And, of course, you know, when you see the outward expression of, of anger and vitriol, the ugliness of our own hearts, I mean, how do you, how do you look at this, you know, in your, in your own life? And, you know, as believers, I mean, I see, I see on the TV screen today, you know, down at the nation's capital, Jesus saves. So, I mean, there are people of, of goodwill, right, who would you know, raise their hand and say, I follow Jesus. Now, at the same time, you know, I'm down at the nation's capital and I'm, I'm protesting and, you know, here we are, you know, on the verge of violence, and, uh, of, of things we've not seen in this country in a long time, especially in the nation's capital. Uh, how do you square that? That there are people who would identify and say, I love and know Jesus. At the same time, I, I'm fighting for a cause here that, you know, is very dear and near to me. Well, you know, in some ways, it's helpful to be a Calvinist at this point because you, can look, at, <laughs> you look at the, the, the depravity in the hearts of others and you recognize that it's the same in your own heart. I mean, these people down in the capital, they're not intrinsically worse than, than you than you or me, no. maybe they've been carried away in the heat of the moment. Maybe they've had uh, worse influences in their lives. I think that it's important that we don't set ourselves up as a kind of pharisaical, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other men at this time. On the other hand, I think it is a sobering reminder of, of the wickedness that dwells in, in human hearts and a reminder mm-hmm. that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we cannot save ourselves. At the end of the day, humanity is not going to make utopia on Earth. At the end of the day, the promise 
is to the church and the power of salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ, not in our own efforts. I've got Carl Truman's book, for those of you watching on Facebook, uh, Carl's book is The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. You'll see it right in front of me here. Um, comes highly recommended. Uh, we're talking to Carl. Uh, he's going to be at Grove City College with a whole bunch of students in a couple of weeks. Right now, he's probably wishing he had some classes to distract him from what's going on <laughs> in America, Carl. Okay, so so um, we had talked with Tremper Longman earlier uh, in the program. Just you may about, have heard that. Yeah, you heard that because I almost <laughs> called you him. Uh, about how easy it is for us to, you know, uh, develop idols. Was it John Calvin, in fact, who said that, you know, our hearts are idol factories? Um, what does today tell us about kind of what we've allowed to happen to ourselves here in America? Well, it's, it's hard to, I mean, there could be as many motives as there are people rioting. It, it's hard to generalize, but certainly looking on from the outside, it would seem that an awful lot of uh, of people have vested a huge amount of confidence in a particular man and a particular message at this point. And it doesn't matter whether that person's ultimately the right or the left. When you start investing a kind of ultimate hope in a particular individual, a particular strong leader, it's a recipe for disaster. All great leaders are going to fail and disappoint us at some level. Uh, and so I would say what what this points to is uh, I suppose on one level there's an understandable desire to see the country as a, as a righteous country and, and doing right. On the other hand, the identification of that righteousness and doing right with the message of a particular flawed human being is highly problematic. Yes. So, Carl, uh, you're from England. You come to America and, you, you, you know, I'm sure as a boy you, you thought of us one way. Now you live the experience and you see us as another way. Um, can you speak about that, about, you know, you know, the grand idea of the uh, American experiment from uh, an English perspective and now living it? Um, certainly it's a it's a bit of a different feel, isn't it? It is. I, mean, I was never particularly keen on the Queen when I was growing up, but I have to say uh, she's rather good as a head of state these days. <laughs> she's looking a lot better, isn't she? Alternatives. Oh, yeah. She looks better and better as the years go by. Uh, I still think the American uh, experiment is, is is a worthy and virtuous. It is the idea of a of a free country with strong democratic institutions. It, it may not be perfect, but I'd certainly rather live here than in the People's Republic of China mm. or North Korea. On the other hand, I think we need to realize that it has its its limitations. It's not perfect, and uh, when democracy is in action, you, pretty bluntly, you win some, you lose some. And the mm-hmm. price you pay for living in a democracy is that not all of the decisions made for society are going to be those with which you personally agree. But I think that's a small price to pay for, for living in a, yeah. in a free society. Well, it is a nation that was created for grown-ups, and that's the problem, right? Carl, you have to be a grown-up for it to work. Yeah, I think the founders were correct that the American experiment will only work if there is a concept of virtue on mm-hmm. which the people agree. And, of course, what we face today is the fact that the whole idea of, of virtue, of responsibilities to others, if you like, has been entirely eclipsed by uh, a radical emphasis upon my individual freedom and my freedom to do whatever I want. 
Right. And I wonder, of course, you know, it's easy to point the finger, you know, at the boogeyman, which is social media, where they know that everyone has a, a stake in the game. Everyone sure. has a voice and it becomes ugly quickly behind the guise of what a lot of people think is anonymous. Yes, I think social media is a very cheap, but sadly, very influential medium for shaping the way people think about society today. Uh, I'm not a big social media man myself, uh, but I see the, the, the unfortunate impact of it all around. It's hard to imagine the kind of things that have happened in 2020 being possible on the scale they've taken place, say, 20, 30, 30 years ago. So, Carl, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, uh, you know, as a man of Christian faith and you think about the events of the day, can you can you leave us with some wisdom? Can you sort of ferret out the the ugliness of the day with the divinity and the light of Christ in your life? Sure. I think Christians need to remember that the civil magistrate is put in place by God and is to be respected. Uh, I think Christians also need to remember that they are to seek the good of the earthly city. Uh, it's important that we act as, as, uh, as proper, contributing, law-abiding members of the society in which we find ourselves. But I also think it's important to remember that the promise is ultimately not to any nation or any party. It's to the church. And while the events of this last year, and particularly the events of today, can be very disturbing, uh, we shouldn't be mesmerized by them. We should remember that ultimately the promise is to the church. And we know but the church is going to win at the end of time. Christ is going to win. So there's cause for concern here, but no cause for ultimate despair. I'm into that. that is Carl Truman. Carl Thank Truman you, Carl. is from Grove City College. His brand new book is called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Carl, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. One day soon, emeritus indeed, Carl Truman. <laughs> yes. Hopefully not too soon. We'll take a quick break, come back. We've got more ahead. It's the Ride Home Today. Johnny Cathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Where can you find a mattress store that truly puts your needs first? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our team is here with a no-pressure approach to help you find the right mattress to meet your unique needs. Whether it's back support, comfort, or long-term durability you're seeking, nobody knows more about what makes a great mattress great. We want to make sure you're prepared to make the best choice for you, whether you buy from us or not. Stop by your local OMF store to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth effects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. Yes, you heard that right. You can actually get paid to provide care to those you love. To learn more, contact Help at Home today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. Call Help at Home, 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. Across the country, the fall semester of colleges 
have come to an end. Now, of course, COVID has really affected how colleges teach. Your child maybe have been in college and uh, has had primarily Zoom classes. We're happy to report that Grove City College, where Kath and I have children who have attended, really made a great effort to make sure that most of the students were able to attend in-person classes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's been a good semester. Our kids have really thrived this semester. We really had great encouragement from the teaching that was online and in person at Grove City College. Now, of course, there were some COVID cases, but not enough to really affect things or shut things down. So Grove City College, if you're thinking about your child for next semester or next year at Grove City College, we'd highly recommend because we know the leadership and the quality, the nature of those who are in leadership at Grove City College. Yeah, and I feel like I can speak well to this, John, because my daughter is one of the people who got COVID-19, and she's a student at Grove City. We had to bring her back um, at the beginning of November, and uh, nothing at all about this entire era is ideal, but I felt like the college did the best that they could in dealing with rising cases, and a lot of students went home, some students stayed, and I think you're right. The prioritization of in-person learning as long as they possibly could is what really made this semester go. That's right. If you're looking for a quality education with Christ-centered in the middle, Grove City College online, gcc.edu. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see a flurry around in the evening. Otherwise, expect plenty of clouds. We'll reach a low tonight of 29. Tomorrow, clouds will break for some sunshine. Expect a high tomorrow of 34. Tomorrow night, we'll see mostly cloudy skies. The low tomorrow night, 25. Friday, times of clouds and sunshine. Friday will reach a high of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The scene that's been unfolding in the nation's capital since around 1.30 or 2 o'clock this afternoon truly is not worthy of the United States of America. It just isn't. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, it, it's heartbreaking to see the scenes today that have been uh, going on. And uh, we've been following this closely. I'm sure you as well. Much will be written, talked about this. It is a heartbreak of where we are as a country. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we've been divided before. And our last guest, uh, Carl Truman, talked about that division and said, of course, things have been as bad as we think things are right now. Things, of course, have been much, much worse in this country. But uh, at least in the last 50 years or so, I believe this is, this is a, a new low. So God help us all and prayers for peace for each one of us in this country of 330 plus million. So as the day has gone on, um, people have chimed in, spoken, uh, looking for some measure of sanity, some measure of leadership. A short while ago, the president himself uh, had uh, recorded some comments. And I believe, Mike, you have those comments for us now. I know you're pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So- 
to be honest, that's not helpful. It's not helpful. Yeah. You can't have both sides of the street here. You can't call right. for peace and then say this is stolen because this is right. part of the vitriol right. that put us in this position in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I brighter minds than uh, me are going to come up with the reasons that this all happened today. Um, but I do think that one of the contributing factors is that we tend to think that what we fill our minds with is not going to end up with something. You know, what we're going to believe is not going to result in something or what we say with our mouth isn't going to result in something, but it does. Um, what we believe, what we say, what we think, it comes out. And um, and I think that's what's happened here. I think it's just people who've, you know, taken in one particular side of the story and have just amplified it. And the other thing, let me just say this. Whether we're talking the people who are out in front of the Capitol today or we're talking the Antifa crazies who've been ruining Portland um, and have been in, you know, shown up in all sorts of different cities across America. This is really the same type of person. This is a person who just likes the angst, who likes the violence. And really, I think the political ideology comes in second. I really do. I think that these types of groups have a lot more in common than they have that separates them. I think there's just a, a person that likes to the edges, whether it's the right edge or the left edge. Well, regardless, it's a sad day. It's an ugly, ugly day. Now, look, I mean, the president tweeted a while back uh, the January 6th is going to be wild. Those were his words. Well, and so here it is. That's a product. What we're seeing today is wildness run amok. Uh, you just can't have it both ways. You can't have a call for peace and to uh, honor those in the, you know, the blue uniform and at the same time stir the pot like the president stirred the pot. Sorry, that's just how it is. And that's where we are. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, our good friend Eugene Park, he's a new regular guest on the program from Palo Alto, California. He's going to say that we should not hope in the next life transition. Can I hope for the transition that comes after today in the that U.S. Capitol, John? Yes, please Can do. I hope in that? It's coming up next. 101.5 WORD. As believers, we've been called to share our faith with those around us. And yet we often feel unqualified or intimidated or downright terrified. How can we reach others with the gospel? We're learning how to be a light in the darkness all this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. All the online Christmas shopping this year had me too quick to double click. 
just too easy to spend money. I had a checkout cart with five golden rings, four calling birds, and three Chia Pets. If you, too, let your Christmas cheer spread a bit too far and you're tired of being stretched financially, tired of the constant credit card stress, and you're curious if a refinance or cash-out refinance would help, know that we're a faith and family mortgage team committed to Word FM. It sounds so radio commercial to say, but it really is true that mortgage rates have gone from historically low levels to somehow even a bit lower as of late leaving millions of Americans with the potential opportunity to either lower your monthly payment a couple hundred bucks or cash out a chunk of equity that's sitting in your home to use for life. If you'd like to see what that would look like for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. You heard that safe drivers get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. So you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap. And now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. She's nine years old with curly brown hair. She watches out her window, just waiting for a family to love her. Maybe you're the one called to adopt her, or maybe you aren't. Maybe you're the one called to help the family who does. Adopting is a tough time of transition and sometimes trauma, but there are ways you can help. Do yard work, cook some meals, or help around the house. Offer mom and dad a date night. Maybe you can be a mentor or friend to the newly adopted child. Just some ideas to get you started. Maybe you aren't called to adopt, but you can help those who do. Pray and see what God shows you. You could be part of adoption in a whole new way. Go to icareaboutorphans.org for more ideas. icareaboutorphans.org. A message from Focus on the Family. New Year's Eve, we're sitting around the table thinking, hey, you know, we cross over at midnight. Man, I mean, it's a brand new world. Right, everything's going to be gonna, great. Everything's going to be better. Well, look at today. I mean, so much for New Year's Eve. <laughs> Eugene Park's back with us. Eugene's a regular guest on our show. He's the associate pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California, host of a podcast called Off the Pulpit. Here today to talk to him about a piece that he has in the Gospel Coalition called Don't Hope in That Next Life Transition. Eugene, welcome back. Hey, John Caffey. How are you guys doing on this eventful day? Yeah, we're trying to hold our own, Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I think it's just really amusing that we're going to be talking about next life transitions because I'm hoping we can transition out of what's happening in, in the Capitol now. Amen. Um, yeah. Amen. Um, okay. So, you know, is there a way that you can, um, I mean, everybody wants to get the heck out of 2020. Yes. But it's not like, as I said yesterday, turning the calendar page from December to January was some magical thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so the, the premise of this article is actually in 2020, you know, I was stuck at home, not being able to go out. My kids are running around like insane. Right. And I'm not right. used to this. And I thought parenting was easy until 2020. And there was just a moment where I caught myself where I was doing everything to try and get away from my kids. I need to get this email done. I need mm. to get the sermon ready. I need this yeah. meeting to be prepared. And I caught myself. And, you know, even in the midst of this crazy pandemic, 
the one silver lining that I think God really rebuked me in was how are you ever going to get this chance again to be with your kids all the time? You'll never have this again. They'll be in school. You'll be out for work in your office. So that really did rebuke me and just showed me even in our current circumstances that God wants us to cherish the present, uh, the present blessings that Mm -hmm. he gives us now that so often we ignore. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, Eugene, so I think about this in my own terms is that every year for me, I can't wait to drive to North Carolina and stand at the edge of the ocean. So mm-hmm. I do like, you know, this dreaming, this saving, this scheming, the renting of the beach house, and then sure. I'm driving down there. And then finally, I get there and I stand there and I'm like, okay, it's good to be here. And then what? I mean, I like sort of, I've done all this planning. You arrive at the moment and it's good, but what was that journey about to get me to that point? And I think that's kind of in some ways what your point is. Yeah. I, I think what you're kind of alluding to is something that I realize is that we so seek novelty in our lives, thinking that that will bring us fulfillment. And I think Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books in the Bible and especially fitting for any millennial that thinks they can save the world. Um, the, 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 the phrase that's always repeated is there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. You're at the ocean place. It's new for two seconds. Yeah. And then within one right. minute, you're like, you know, I kind of miss home. And you're just in this <laughs> never ending cycle of just right. going back and forth from a job change, from a, uh, thinking about marriage, thinking that kids will fulfill you. And it just never ends until we are able to cherish God and the present that mm-hmm. he gives us. Yeah, that's pretty Boy. horrible. Amen to that. Eugene Park is with us, associate pastor of pastor of True North Church, Palo Alto, California, also host of the podcast Off the Pulpit. Um, Okay, so let's let's try to merge this idea with what we've seen in Capitol Hill today, because it's also really easy for us to think and people, human beings have done this from the very beginning of time, that whoever their leader is, if their guy can just get in, then everything's going to be okay. Right now, I don't know how much more proof we need to see looking back through history that that's just not the case. Yeah, no, I think you hit it really on the nail squarely that, you know, this idea that I had this for article, I think it's a it's an epidemic that most American people hold to that, not just with a a celebrity or with a politician, but we always think the future will save us from the present. Yeah. So even when I see the these crazy images in the Capitol. These people are terrified of the future of what it can bring for them because their guy's not in the office. And I would probably think a lot of these, if they're you know from the Midwest, just thinking geographically, they're probably Christian. And what they should be reminding themselves is, look, whoever is in office, whether it be your guy, whether it be the other guy, what God calls you to be is, are you being faithful to me or not? Are you looking more into the future for trust rather than for me in the present? Mm-hmm. And man, I, I just think that's something that, you know, I wrote this for, you know, small things like our jobs or our spouse or our kids and the expectations we place on them. But I think today kind of revealed that, man, we do have a problem on a national level that for a lot of us, we so seek the thing to come to save us and can never be satisfied, even if the circumstances suck in the present. Yeah, that's really good. I was uh, watching a film over the over the Christmas break. Um, I think it's on Prime. A called, film. Uh, you a watched film. about 35 films. Ever <laughs> right, <I do. laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. But one of them I particularly resonated with me. I, it's called Sound of Metal. And it's a, a film about this, uh, this uh, punk, rocking, uh, punk rock drummer. And in the story, he goes deaf. 
And, you know, a side story is he's also an addict. So his, his girlfriend puts him into a, a group home of addicts who are also deaf. And what, the guy sort of acts as his mentor. He says, look, man, you know, you're going to fight against this, but you are not going to get this until you can sit somewhere in silence and just be in the moment and be content. Yeah. And so the whole journey is like, you know, this this whole thing where he's pushing, pushing, pushing. And I don't want to, you know, give a spoiler alert, but there is a time where that does happen to him that, you know, mm. there is to be in the moment. Right. I mean, I think that's an old acting thing you, on stage. You must be in the moment in life. Yeah. We are in the moment. And so much of our life is not in the moment. Even yes. as we're talking right now, I'm sure all of us are having thoughts about dinner this evening or what's on the television right now. Or my wife talking to me about, you know, it's hard to see something, hold it gently and know its preciousness at the same time because we're occupied otherwise. Yeah, you put it really well. And I think Blaise Pascal, I quote him in the article, he has, I think, one of my most favorite quotes of all time. He writes this, we almost never think of the present. And if we do think of it, it is only to see what light it throws on our plans for the future. Thus, we mm. never actually live, but we hope to live. And since mm. we are always planning on how to be happy, it is inevitable that we should never be happy. Wow. <laughs> that- that is so awesome. That sounds like it's written in January 6th of 2021. Oh you know? my gosh. Yeah. I think that speaks volumes of wisdom. Mm. Um, and, and I really see reflected in Paul in, in Philippians, especially that he's in jail, the most negative of transitions. And that's when he says in any and every circumstance, I learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. And ultimately saying is whatever the circumstance is, whether my job changes, whether Trump is in office or not, my needs are satisfied in Christ in abundance and right. need. And I really hope as a nation, we can hold to that truth mm-hmm. uh, because I think we dearly need that right now. Well, if as a nation, Eugene, we are not capable or wise enough to hold to that truth. Now the church needs to hold to that truth. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like, let's start with like judgment begins with the house of God. How have amen. we allowed ourselves to put trust in princes? How have we let that happen? You know, it's, even for me as a pastor, I think as I look, it's it's easy to be surprised. But then when you look at Israel in the Old Testament, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. you know, in every epistle, it warns us that this happens, and right, I think there right. is a day of judgment for a lot of us, even those, including myself. Oh, that me were too. A including me, yeah. Right, and I was I was worried about the backlash if I'm too, you know, um, active politically per se. But I, I think today is a day of judgment for the church. I think David French, he has a book called "Divided We Fall" mm-hmm. that I've been reading, and that book more than ever today is so relevant. And I think one of the things he says is there's so many things pulling apart our nation and there's nothing at all right now, pulling it together to counter that. And that's where I think the church can fit. Like Mm -hmm. where else can the, can the nation see an institution to bring people of all colors of all political affiliations back together other than the church? I, I really do hope we can kind of wake up to that, especially today. Right. No, but Eugene, you know, as you're looking at those images outside the Capitol today, you know, there's a, a prominent yellow sign that says Jesus saves. Yeah. Right. And, and of course, you know, b- non-believers see that and go, "You guys, you know, you Christians, uh, you know, you're a, you're the, you're the part of the problem. You're if not the biggest part of the problem." And yeah. and and therein lies the trouble that you know we as believers have you know allowed politics to become central to our lives and Christ is second. Yeah, you know, um, 
you bring up a good point. I think even in the church, this phenomenon of not trusting in, you know, in, in, in the political theater, it's become policies are no longer important. The celebrity, the charismatic leader mm-hmm. is more important. Right. I see that in the church too. Sure. Um, yes, of course. The stories of Carl Lentz in Hillsong, New York. Right. Um, Robbie Zacharias is another one that right. we've placed so much trust in so many quote unquote leaders and celebrities of our faith that the very same thing we're seeing in the nation that we might be appalled mm-hmm. by is happening in our churches. Yes. And, you know, like I think Kathy mentioned, there's a lot of introspective looking to do in the next couple of months and years for the church moving forward too. Yeah. And I, it's not like I want to advocate, forget the country. I absolutely don't want to, don't want to look at it that way because I think we have a crucial role to play, but for heaven's sake, I think Christians ought to stop telling everybody else what to do and actually address the crisis in the church. I mean, Amen. good grief. Like we're not setting, we're not in any position as the American church to be lecturing the general populace on how they should think about anything. Right. Now, but yeah. wait a second. Now, I mean, and Eugene, I don't know if this is true in your church, but seriously, in all the time that I've worshiped in church, and I don't know if this is true, but I, I've never once heard a political sermon that someone said, this is how I feel about politics. Now, I know other denominations or some people, politics is part of their regular worship thing. But, you know, it's not the church's job to be political, right? It's the yeah. church's job is to, to worship Christ and to, you know, hold that banner high. You know, and I want to be careful <clears throat> what I say. And, and I do believe that sermons shouldn't be political, but I think certain events like today go beyond political affiliations that oftentimes if we are not as a church active in what's going on in the world, that we lose a part of what we are. You know, one thing that I'm kind of uh, realizing is, you know, when Israel was sent into exile, the reason they were sent into exile is God's trying to remind them, you've forgotten that you are not just my people, but you're called to be a light to other nations. Mm -hmm. And the only way I could get you to do that is to send you into exile, which I think the church is today still in exile as we're awaiting Christ's return. And I think, look, as pastors, if I could speak to them, not that I have any authority, but just as a fellow pastor, we have to be more active with what's going on because I think we're losing people to fringe right and left elements if we don't. And we lose our power to be a light in the world if we're Mm -hmm. not aware of what's going on. If you don't get moved by what you see on today, to somehow speak something into it on a Sunday sermon, this upcoming Sunday, that speaks volumes of where our church is, I think. That's Eugene Park. He is the host of the podcast called Off the Pulpit. We've been talking to him from uh, Palo Alto, California. Uh, Before we leave you, uh, Eugene, there's something really vital that I want to make sure we bring up, uh, and that is your allegiance in the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game coming up Sunday (laughs) evening. God bless you. God bless you, sir. (laughs) You know, given everything going on, I, I sports is one place where I, the American tradition is nice. And as a 49ers fan, you know, I'm an NFC guy. I don't really NFC West guy. I don't have any Whatever. Uh, true that. things, but go Steelers. I'm a Thank big you. Guy. Yeah, I love I love a Chase Claypool. So shout out to him for my fantasy team. Thank Very you nice. for carrying me as long as you oh, could. You and your no, wait, Eugene, who, who's crap. your team? Are they in the mix? Uh, I'm a Niners fan. So we'll, we'll skip that question for now. Get yeah. back. Oh, sorry for you. Okay. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> as long we'll as you're coming down on the right side for Sunday yes, night, sir. I'm good with it. Yes, sir. Yes. Eugene, thanks. It's always a great pleasure to have you with us. Same to you guys. Eugene Park, uh, associate pastor of True North Church, Palo Alto, California, host of a podcast called Off the Pulpit.
1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1335. Rack Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Well, well, it will be uh, an interesting evening, will it not be, uh, to, to see how things, if they even do progress in the nation's capital, as far as business at hand, because there is still big and important work that needs to be done. Of course, we've been doing the show for the last couple of hours, and uh, you're kind of wondering what's happening in the nation's capital as far as policing and crowd control and all that. Uh, I think in a few minutes, uh, the uh, curfew, uh, curfew will go into effect for the next 12 hours. So there should be a measure of peace. And this historic day, we'll see if the, the machinery of politics will be able to move through unfettered. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm just stunned by this. Um, I'm just seeing a news report by NBC News that a woman who was shot inside the Capitol has died. Uh, several law enforcement officials have just confirmed to NBC News. So we don't even know, you know, who's shooting whom, 
right? We're gunshot. No. I mean, there's, uh, it's just a, a gigantic quagmire at this point. And I, I don't know how you make sense of it all. I mean, it, so there's been a murder committed within inside the nation's capital. Um, how do you even make sense of that? Where does the even first ago, step? Again, I'm reading from NBC News. Uh, Senator, Senator Amy Klobuchar, ranking member of the Rules and Administration Committee, has told senators waiting at an undisclosed secure location that police are still clearing the U.S. Capitol and that where they're being held is the safest place to be. Okay. So the U.S. Capitol is now a crime scene. Right. So they're not. So they're at, they're at an undisclosed location, which I'm I'm actually relieved to hear. Well, then I, I guess that answers my question. I can't imagine that the uh, the nature of the, um, the judiciary and uh, Congress and Senate will convene to do the work of the government today. Right. I think the this will um, will so this will be a precedent over all matter of government. Yeah. Heaven help us. Well, OK. Look. The hope is, as we've been talking about multiple times over this show, that as you gather together with your your children, your husband, your wife, your friends and family, that prayer is on all of our lips. Prayers for peace. Again, first in our own hearts, then to our family, our neighbors, our community, our city, and then beyond. Prayers for peace. Because if we don't have Jesus first and foremost, then we no have hope. absolutely nothing. No hope. We don't take your time here for granted. We love your encouragement here, your association, your neighborliness. God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.